0: what would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Has
1: Roger Smith RSVP'd yet? Wall Street. I went to Wall Street to get seriously rich, but I didn't get rich. Hollywood Boulevard. I went to Hollywood to be a movie mogul. I didn't become a movie mogul. Washington D.C. The president and Mrs. Ford have invited us down to Palm Springs. He's been but there. I love the entertainment business. Done and that. We're being hired by a company called Carolco Pictures. And that. The night before Ronald Reagan was inaugurated. And just
0: about everything else you can imagine.
1: I thought of myself as somebody who was a double agent. He knew a lot of famous My people. Experience with Orson Welles, Striz. Mm-hmm. How can you possibly hang out with that low-life Frank Sinatra? And now he's, and he's talking. Of that, I was invited to some fancy dinner. This is the podcast. Who the is Roger Smith? But my real goal was to have an interesting life surrounded by interesting people, and at that, I succeeded beyond my expectations.
0: On this episode, Indiana Jones introduces Roger to a Motown group, and then Roger finds them in a New York subway. He lends Richard Gere some French money. Did he ever get it back? And what about all those rumors about gear? Roger has a theory. He also likes to look down on Barry Diller. But we begin with the positive.
1: Most of the time, people tell encounters with movie stars, as speaking as either civilians or as I was, a kind of semi-pro. They tend to tell stories that don't make a very good impression of those people. They shine a negative light on them. So I thought I would start out with two wonderful encounters I had that were utterly positive. <laughs> the first was with Harrison Ford, who I met for the first and last time. I would say this would be about 1979, 80, something like that. Now um, he has
0: a reputation for being kind of tough. I mean, he's quiet and he doesn't like to answer a lot of questions. Right. So you were in a social situation? or what I was situation? at the
1: dinner at a wonderful, wonderful person who's been my friend for 50 years, Toby Rafelson. She's the ex-wife of Bob Rafelson, the right. wonderful film director. Not a wonderful human being, but a wonderful film director. And um, So your
0: nice story about one person Well, as yeah, a, a side dig at somebody I, pro- else. I
1: promise you I won't be nice all the time. That okay. would be boring. But anyway, Toby gave one of her sort of potluck dinners, very casual at her house up in the Sierra Alta just above the Strip. And I found myself seated next to Harrison Ford. Uh, I think there was an excess of men for some reason. (laughs) And we started talking and we came across an interest in common, which is black music, particularly the Motown music of the 60s and so forth. And he asked me if I was aware of the persuasions. And I thought it was meant the temptations. And I said, oh, yeah, yeah. And he said, no, 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 not the temptations, the persuasions. And he goes on about how wonderful they are. And I said, oh, gee, I got you know, to get a, a cassette, as we had in those days. Mm-hmm. And he said, wait right there. He gets up from the dinner table, leaves, goes to his car parked outside, drives eight blocks, 20 blocks, I oh don't know. Oh, my God.
0: Goes to his home. Was Toby like, what have you done?
1: No, no, no. She's it's a very casual, okay. very casual. Because okay. when an A-lister walks out right. of the yes, party. Yes, exactly. Right. And what a, what, a year now yeah. is when? How big is Harrison? 79 80, okay. something like that. But after he's a major Indiana Jones star. Right. And he comes back in 10 minutes and hands me a cassette of the persuasions. I want you to have this.
0: Well, That was the holy grail of the evening.
1: Yeah, well, uh, that led, however, I mean, I just had such a, I mean, the idea that somebody unfamous would do that is amazing, that somebody in his position would do it for what was then, and still is, a total stranger to him, Uh, but obviously an admirer.
0: Did he have any thought that you might make a movie about them, or that he thought somebody should tell the story of the Persuasions?
1: This was pure boyish enthusiasm on his part. It was really very sincerely that. And I think he was, I may have been introduced as being an executive at Warner, but uh, that wasn't, he doesn't think. He talked it. to you anyway. Yeah, okay. he exactly. <laughs> um, so anyway, I then became aware of this. And the Persuasions were an a cappella singing group. You really thought you were hearing them. You know, sort of in somebody's basement. It was just it was a fantastic. I music. know
0: the name, but I couldn't tell you one of their big hits. Is there something uh, women, that we women, all would know? Women,
1: women and drinking was one of the big hits. Um, okay, yeah, so right. But I then sought them out and saw. I, I heard. I saw them in person appearing at the Lobero Theater in Santa Barbara when I had a house there in the early '90s, and I saw them in New York. Oh, I, oh sorry, I came back to New York and. Um, uh, friend Francois de Menil was giving himself a rather lavish fortieth birthday party and he had the persuasions come and perform. And so
0: And at that party and and on a stage for an hour and a half, absolutely unaccompanied by anything. Just their just, just their just, voices.
1: Just their voices and it was much less time than that. It was one of those evenings where people didn't stop eating and talking to listen to them, which I did, but most people... Right, at the party, but then party, yes. when you
0: go see them in concert... Oh, when you go see them also... in concert, it's
1: an hour and a half of, of pure a cappella. Yeah. Wow. And just, and heavenly. I, I'll run home and get you a cassette. <laughs> I think you <laughs> so, will. But I saw them several times. And then they had had only minor celebrity at one point, but they had seemingly lost that. And the reason I know this is I was descended into the 59th and Lexington subway station, And there were these four black guys singing with a hat out there for you to toss money in, two of whom I recognized as members of the Persuasions. Wow. I went up and I said, aren't you one of the Persuasions, you you and you? He said, yes, yes. I said, well, sorry to see that you're doing this, but glad to see you. And I then said, do you ever do private parties? I figured if they were performing in the subway for change, And a friend of mine was a Broadway producer, Dasha Epstein, was a lavish party giver. And I said, you got to hire them for your next party. And I don't know what, they got paid maybe $2,000 or something. But it was meaningful to them. And they were just fabulous at at this this very, very grand Park Avenue apartment. Uh, Oh, I love that story. It's very persuasive. Oh, very good. Well, the other person with whom I had a very congenial dealings was Richard Gere and i don't know what richard's reputation is difficult not so difficult whatever but to me he was only charming i had first met him at a screening in london of a warner brothers film which was i think his first starring role called blood brothers rather interesting movie set in the bronx etc and uh, we had gone up there was a little gathering of drinks afterwards and i you know said hello introduced myself and so forth and told him how much I liked the movie, I liked him. It's now about two years later, and I am attending my first Cannes Film Festival. For me, this is a big deal. I am really excited. And when do we think this is? 1980, I know that year for sure. And there were about a dozen people from Warner Brothers there, because they had a couple of films in competition, which is not usually the case, but it was that year. I, however, was the only representative of the parent company of Warner Communications. And the studio people overestimated my importance and gave me a major suite at the, at the, at the Carlton Hotel. I remember looking down on Barry Diller, uh-huh, which I still do. You know. <laughs> and, uh, for the record. So anyway, the one night the, the Warner gang, a little, about a dozen people, invites me to join them for dinner at a little French restaurant off the Quasette. And as we're sitting there, at some point, Richard Gere walks in and as he goes by, I say, hi, Richard. He looks completely blank and walks past me. (laughs) One of my more savvy, sophisticated, experienced Warner associates says, Roger, you don't have to pretend you know Richard Gere. He's an actor. It's not a big deal. I know it may seem so to you because it's not your world. I said, I wasn't pretending we met. I am not think I don't even know if he saw me, whatever. And I'm feeling a little put down by this, obviously, when an hour into dinner, Richard Gere walks over to our table and says, Roger, can I talk to you? <laughs> Do I... I jump up. Yes, of course. What is it? (laughs) He said, "I'm so embarrassed. I just discovered the restaurant doesn't take credit cards. Could you lend me 500 francs?"
0: (laughs) Oh, now he recognizes Roger. Yes,
1: yeah. I said, "500? Are you sure it's enough? You need more? (laughs) Whatever you want, Richard." (laughs) I said, "And there, all these people are looking as I'm taking out my wallet and handing him money, and they're wondering what the hell is going on here."
0: Not only do you know him, but you owe him money. (laughs) He owed me money. (laughs) (laughs) No, I know.
1: No, so. Uh, and he said, Look, wait, I have to get it back. I said, I'm, I'm here for six more days. Just leave it at the, at the front desk at the Carlton anytime you get a chance. Segue to literally 21 or two years later, I'm at an event in. Uh, he did pay the, you. Well, okay, you know, all jumping right. Jumping ahead of the story. Okay, right? sorry. Uh, <laughs> I'm at an event at, the, at a fundraiser for the Hayground Camp in, in Bridgehampton. And he is there with his then-wife, the adorable Carrie Lowell. And we reconnect So slightly, uh, and I tell him, by the way, you, you did me a, without realizing it a major favor. You turned me from a, a phony trying to impress somebody into someone who actually knows Richard Gere. And I remember, and he laughed. He said, oh, I remember. He said, he said I have a question. Did I repay you? I said, the very next day, 100, 100 francs on the franc. <laughs> so that was, uh, you know, left obviously a very nice impression. He can be
0: difficult in, in interviews as well. And, you know, he's been chasing down all those terrible rumors for years that he was bi or that, you know, he didn't, uh, you know, that his marriages were shams and stuff like that. And it's, it's you know, he's gotten very gun shy with the press. Right.
1: Well, probably deservedly. And I would also say in my experience in Hollywood, if a man is extraordinarily handsome, there's going to be rumors like that about him because it's projection by gay men who are hoping it's true. I have no reason to believe it's true. I've never heard anybody authoritative say that. I actually more remember the rumor about, oh, no, that was Keanu Reeves and the gerbil.
0: Yeah, that he had gotten, no, no, Richard Gere was the gerbil. Keanu was got married on a beach to uh, David, Geffen. David Geffen. Yes,
1: right. And the, I tracked that rumor down. I'm like the one of those websites that finds the real yeah. truth. What had happened was there is a male hooker service in Hollywood that gets you, what look-alike is your fantasy. We'll get you- Like your, the
0: movie L.A. Confidential. Like the
1: movie L.A. Confidential, that was women. And I think, I don't know whether this place did women and men or just men, but seemingly, David Geffen had had a Keanu Reeves look-alike in his life, and had given him his credit card when he went to Saks and used the credit card to buy something, and that's where the rumor began. Ah, wow. Keanu. If none
0: of his stories were about you, we hope you enjoyed this episode. Who the is Roger Smith is recorded in an undisclosed bunker somewhere on the Upper East Side of Manhattan. All opinions are Mr. Smith's own, but everything he says happened because he was there. Bill Bregoli is our producer and editor. I'm Bill McCuddy. Are you passionate about saving the planet for future generations? Do you want to learn how to do it? If yes then you need to tune in to The nature Back Podcast. It's a talk show covering the changing world around us, from renewable energy, sustainable agriculture, circular economy, to ESG and social innovation. Don't miss this opportunity to discover how you can join the movement and make a difference. Subscribe to The nature Back Podcast today on your favorite platform and get ready to be amazed.
1: Hey there, I'm DC. I host The Rock Podcast. Back to the arena, the interviews. It's about a 30-minute podcast where I talk one-on-one with a band who has released new music. You can find us on all the best podcast sites like Spotify, Apple, Google, iHeartRadio, and more. If you're a rock fan like me, subscribe today to Back to the Arena, the Interviews. Electric Ass.